Uh, can you give me a little check, check, check? Check, check, cash, money order, check, cash, money order. Uh <laughs> Everybody, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Dinah D. This is the Imperfectionists Monthly Podcast. Today we're going to chat with Kevin House, and he is at home in his very own house. Kevin, are you out there? Yeah, I'm in my house right now. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm not only in my house, I am a house. Yeah, you're experiencing extreme house-elation here, hey? House-elation, precisely, yeah. You know, my mother was a real estate agent when I was very young. Are you and, for uh, real? Yeah, well, I mean, Mrs. House, Yeah. she did okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess names like Bunker, Mrs. Bunker would be <laughs> Yeah, <a good laughs> yeah the, those moms did well in World War II. <laughs> Oh, I love it. So I'm really excited to be chatting with you today, Kevin, because friends of friends had commissioned you to do a really cool piece of artwork, which I saw somewhere online, contacted you and said, hey, this is super cool. Let's chat about this. That led to a phone call. So we giggled our way through that conversation. I thought, oh, good. I want to talk to Kevin uh, for posterity on the podcast. Thank you for joining us. You're very welcome. I'm happy to be here. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're into? Uh, in in which which department? All the departments. Uh, okay. Well, there's, um, there's music. There's mm -hmm. visual art. Um, there's a lot of miniature work. Um, lately there's some staring out of the window, <laughs> <laughs> um, which I'm, I'm not putting that down as one of my skills, but, um, I think you should, but yeah, it's probably, I, uh, I moved through music and, and visual art simultaneously and separately. And, uh, it's all, I think it's all kind of music really in the end for me. It all relates. Yeah, I think there's a musicality to, um, uh, for for me anyways, to uh, to creating things. There's always some underlying musical element. I work with texts a lot, so that connects to lyrics. Uh, my visual art, my miniature work is on uh, records, so that connects back to music. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually have... Uh, little books that I keep a lot of different notes in and one of them is for titles of things so I have pages and pages of titles that I'm always working on and cool. if I come up with a good title I often see the opportunity for that to go in any of the directions and in fact I have some songs that are also the titles of visual art pieces right so the the world's kind of um, uh, I sort of erase the line between those two worlds, and in some respects, I feel the most successful when I've done that. So, is multidisciplinary a term that you that you can can roll with? Well, um, that's a healthy way to put it. 
Um, uh, well, I'm I'm not schooled. I mean, I'm I'd like to I'd like to say I'm schooled in the school of the unschooled. Yeah. And um, so anything that I've learned, I've learned um, by myself, not through any classroom situation. Yeah, I I can connect yeah. to that totally. Oh yeah, yeah. You're yeah. the same. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think different people have different ways of learning things. And when I was growing up, you know, there was there was no such thing as um, the recognition of learning disabilities. So, yeah. so I just drew in every class, basically. Yeah. You know, if I had a multiple choice question, I'd figure out a design for the to fill in the dots. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, I did okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't pass, but I did okay. Yeah. <laughs> In my mind, <laughs> uh, I thought, that looks really pretty. That's going to answer a couple of those questions, and it looks good. Yeah, this this visual representation answers enough of the questions for me. Thank you for yes. self. <laughs> I pass myself. It answers some questions that I'm going to be asking in 20 years from now. Exactly, I pass myself. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Where did you begin the path? I'm curious if you started the path. It sounds like you started it with visuals. Yes. Yeah, there was always a... a, And when I was in elementary school, I I drew all the time. But I also got in trouble, not tons, but a fair (laughs) amount. And I, I was remembering a while back how the principal of the school had a contest in the school for a portrait for all the students to paint a portrait of him. And, and I won the contest. So behind his desk was a portrait that I did of him. But I was often in the principal's office, you know, <laughs> looking at my painting while getting into trouble. And that kind of sort of set the precedent for the rest of my life. In yeah. some <laughs> you know, creation, yeah. creation, destruction, creation, yeah. destruction. Yeah, and, and riding the line between um, staff and and revered artists, right? Like somewhere riding the line. Yeah, some kind of line, because some squiggly line. Somehow, it's so funny when you when you when you tell the principal story, I go immediately in my brain to a situation uh, of playing in a really fine dining restaurant, like the fanciest on the West Coast, and playing yeah. there and feeling like somewhere between staff and 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 like revered, the revered artist uh, someone to talk to for the for the clientele you know and so it's sort of it's like that at the principal's office right same idea so were you so were you serving tables while playing or something oh. <laughs> on roller skates <laughs> while with the double bass would that roller skates as well well it had its own roller skate right I think you could take that to Reno, that act. <laughs> the roller skating upright bass player server. Exactly. But I mean, do I wanna? Should... But do I, I think wanna? It, I, I think it should be a chain, really. Yeah. Should I franchise? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Miniature crutches. Can you tell me a bit about this miniature crutches? Uh, okay. Um, I probably carved my first pair 
uh, about hmm, six or seven years ago. Okay. And uh, it's called, I actually have tiny business cards that go with them okay. too. It's uh, the company is called the Phantom Crutch Company. Okay. And um, I think initially it was from a purely, um, I don't know what it is, you know, I don't often work from a place of, okay, I have some grand concept behind it. And this is where the music, the music uh, idea is in my visual art, mm -hmm. where it's just, I had some wood sitting around and I was carving and then I thought, oh, this is interesting. And then I don't know what it, but I can't pinpoint uh, uh, an intellectual reason why. But it was just, it's more of a, an intuitive sense of carving an object. Yeah. Um, and and then, yeah, but I, I ended up showing them to somebody and they were, um, I couldn't really hang on to them. People would buy them and, yeah. and, and, and have them in their collections. And they yes. meant something different to everybody. And, yeah. and the idea, it's, I think I related to the idea that you can't really tell somebody how a song makes them feel. Yeah. And I think for me, art is a, is a similar experience, not totally, but I think there's a strong element of how I feel when I'm in the process of doing it. Yeah. And then if, and then there's a certain sense of kind of, um, of uh, satisfaction that comes with the creation that sometimes translates to other people's version of what that means. If that makes any sense at all. It does to me. And uh, the term crutch is, is it, is the phantom crutch sometimes, is it the, the metaphorical crutch? No, I, as I was saying, I didn't really think of it in these terms. It was, it, it's, I think, I think um, I do work in some projects with, uh, with a strong idea of what it means to me yeah. and then but sometimes i work from a place that's just more free and playful and that i don't really put uh it's more of a tactile experience like it's about how it feels when i'm making them with my hands yeah and then and then you know the only other idea i would put to the crutches is that there's something about scale you know, mm -hmm. things that are too big or too small is always fascinating. Absolutely. I think, you know, yeah. Um, if I ever open up a restaurant, I would just have tiny plates and giant forks and knives. And, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I always thought, oh, that'd be, that'd be a great restaurant. Everything's too big or too small. Yeah. Yeah. Miniature. Miniature is great. Yeah. I have, I have a, I have a small collection of things still of, um, of some miniature objects that I keep around for yeah. inspiration. Yeah, that's great. I guess my attraction initially to getting in touch with you was about this, the miniatures, because you had sent a friend of mine something really amazing. Um, yeah. It was a little, um, the, it was a little pallet. You made a tiny little pallet full of treasures. Yeah, that's another one of the objects that I love. There's something about shipping pallets that I've always loved. And if, mm. if you go back through my work at the shipping, there are things that show up yeah. in, in in different places in my work. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think really sometimes I'm working in my studio and I think I'm really doing exactly what I was doing when I was like six years old. Yeah. I just, I just got better at it. <laughs> you can look at it from uh, like psychological points of view and think that, you know, it is an alternate universe. Mm -hmm. 
and I don't know uh, um, how other kids were about it, but when I used to buy model kits, uh, my mother would come down in the basement always, and she'd look and she'd say, "That doesn't look anything like the model kit." <laughs> so I would I would start amalgamating <laughs> and making my own things out of these. I could never, you know, draw in a straight line. Yeah. It was always this, okay, I can attach a little electric motor to this thing, and then it's going to be that and look like yeah. that. <laughs> my, mom, my mom was always laughing because I was like a mad scientist in the basement when I was a kid. And that's really, it hasn't, I've just gotten, uh, it's gotten a little more refined. Some things never change, right? No. Hey, Kevin, I'm really curious about Isolation Boy. Can you tell me a little bit about him? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm <laughs> he told me a while ago, he says, Kevin, you can't represent me like this anymore. You're going to okay. get the story all wrong. You can no longer be his agent. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, uh, Isolation Boy was a, when everything started uh, uh, coming down in March. You're talking about the pandemic? The pandemic. Okay. Um. I thought I'm going to need something to do because yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of hours. And the interesting thing is I had a discussion with somebody later about this and they were telling me this theory that some people uh, work very well under catastrophic conditions mm. and some don't. Mm -hmm. And I realized very quickly that I work very well under catastrophic situations. So I figured out I needed this project and I have past experiences, first and foremost, um, being an artist and spending, you know, more than enough time alone mm -hmm. throughout different parts of my life, uh, knowing very well what isolation was all about. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, I can pull from the things that I know previous to this, what's about to happen and create a project about a boy who's a little a little package with eyes mm -hmm. uh, in isolation and that way I can simultaneously escape the, the, the situation that's going on and also face the situation in the same project and I thought that's that's really good it's gonna keep me in a good meditative place of creation as miniature work does that's one of the benefits of of, of doing these tiny sets and, and mm -hmm. props yeah. is that you can really find a, a peaceful place to work from, yeah. which is, I think, very important 
not to be miserable making your art. Yeah, no Something kidding. I learned years ago. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> right? So it put me in a really great space and ate up a lot of my time and also was a way to kind of tackle some of the issues of anxiety and fear and isolation. Yeah, real legitimate issues too, right? Yes, um, getting more real all the time. And it seems like there's there's so many so many people are struggling right now. Uh, we're in uh, when this episode comes out, Kevin. It's going to be December of 2020, and we're going to be looking at quite a few months of people holding up more or less. Yeah, so almost it's going to be a year soon. Yeah. That's a long time to be without uh, seeing people's smiles. That's that's the biggest impact I'm having right now when I go out in public. And the masks is I just miss people's smiles the most. Well, there was this kind of, um, uh, there was a human kitten smiling me in the grocery, at the grocery store the other day. She yeah. had a, a kitten mask yeah. on. Have you seen the kitten ones? That's excellent. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was laughing. She kind of scowled at me. I was like, you're wearing a, you've got a kitten mask on. Like, how am I not going to, you're mad at me for laughing? How can you be grumpy in a kitten mask? <laughs> right? That's the way I felt. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I see her, maybe I should be wearing like a catnip mask and she'll like me better. She'll <laughs> You won't be able to get rid of her. It'll just say catnip on my mask. <laughs> yeah. What do you say about the pandemic? I mean, it's kind of a moment-to-moment -moment experience, really, isn't it? Is it ever? There's so many times I mean, where things just change suddenly, hey? I mean, you sometimes you feel free and peaceful, and then an hour later, you're racked with anxiety. Yep. And then don't even look at politics. Oh my God, that's yeah. No. Or enough to keep enough from the corner of my eye to see yeah. that you know the nuclear bomb is not being pressed yet. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, but other yeah. than that, I, I'm all for not having corrupt people running the world. I mean, my politics yeah. are very you know. Yeah. Um, for the better of of humankind. Yeah. But but at the same time, as an artist, I don't want to have. Uh, all these, all that stuff, renting my headspace. Out. Yeah, because I need, I need that space to create things to help make things better in some sense, you know. Yeah, that's a lot where I come from as far as the news too. There's only so many rooms, you know, and they can only be filled with so many things. So I try to be careful what what those things are sometimes. Yeah, and then on top of that, you don't want you know your brain to be gentrified and like all of a sudden the neighborhood's changing in there, right? Exactly. <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> Just all of a sudden. I just got renovated from my own brain. Exactly. <laughs> it was only the, the left side. Your your right side is all good. You're good. They're, yeah, they're exactly. long term. Who bought that anyway? Some holding company in Singapore bought my brain. I think so. And they're the, just just the right side. They're they're uh, you know they're vacation renters. I think they're doing uh, vacation rentals. I'm not sure Airbnb yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, air brain and brain. <laughs> Hey, so music. I want to chat about music a little bit, Kevin. Sure. Is guitar your number one? Yeah. Tell me about guitar, and I'm just wondering what it feels like from your perspective. Uh, well, it, it's evolved uh, over the years. I mean, I had some very painful couple of years of, of trying to figure out, you know, how to tune and 
you know, having no lessons, of course. So I took the long way around. I initially played inverted. So I played a right hand. I'm left handed. So I played a right handed guitar. So all the strings were the other way around. Right. And I think I started, I immediately, you know, after I kind of learned to play, you know, your basic chords, I immediately started to gravitate towards detuning and open tunings because mm. playing inverted upside down. Yeah. Uh, was easier if I went into an open tuning. For sure. So there was a number of years of that, and then I and then I flipped, and started playing, learning right right way up, okay. like playing a left handed guitar, and and the other way, and then capos and open tunings. And so um, I was a band. I was the band. My band's nightmare. Right. On, at a live gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I'd retune and put a capo on, all of a sudden the whole band has to go sharp or flat. (laughs) Can you tell good stories while you're tuning, though, Kevin? Because to me, that's so important. I've I've gotten a lot better at it. Oh, thank goodness. I'm so glad to hear that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because I think I think back in the in yeah at, at some point when I think I lost a record deal because of the (laughs) two. Because of... like he's he's great, but like what's all that space in between the songs? <laughs> and I because because I was I think I was more I was I, I was more shy back then, so I didn't really have any kind of um, dialogue going on. But then at some point I wanted to be uh, self sufficient, and I didn't want to be a strummer mm-hmm. all the time. So I thought, oh, and then I started hearing, you know. Um, Elizabeth Cotton and Mississippi John Hurt, all the all the great blues greats, country yeah. blues. Yeah. Um, and I thought, oh yeah, that's cool because that's a whole band, you know. You don't. That's self-sustaining. Yeah. You know, there's a. It's like having a, a mini orchestra in a band if you can fingerstyle play. Yeah. And I thought that's much more interesting to write songs with and in a live experience unless you're bob dylan like just strumming and singing yeah. is it's a pretty expected to see that a lot right if yeah. you went to a gig where there were songwriters so that took me on my path i think was the mm. discovery and i thought oh yeah if i learn freight train mm-hmm. uh then i then i'll be able to figure out everything else after that so i just buckled down for six months and learned how to play elizabeth cotton's freight train interesting you know, and I thought, and that just, it taught me about movable bass lines on the guitar. And yeah, and from then I just, you know, went off into the open tunings. Joni mm-hmm. was a huge influence. Joni yeah. Mitchell, quarterly, you know, I can't say Joni Mitchell was a, I mean, a, um, an inf- well, of course she was a great lyricist, but who who could say they're actually influenced by Joni Mitchell because she was <laughs> maybe the great the greatest lyricist who ever lived. So good, hey. So when you hear people, yeah, Joni Mitchell's a big influence. Well, you know, that's yeah. a that's that's a tall order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but for me, the big thing was her chord shapes. These kind of, you know, harmonies. Yes. Right? Remember we were talking about the word harmonies. She had this kind of beautiful playing style and, and attack on these like impressionistic type chords, which I am immediately drawn to and in, in some other songwriters too. And there's these kind of, you can't define whether it's a major or a minor key. Yes. These types of, you know, I can't technically name them because I'm not that well-schooled technically, but like 
you know, minor sevenths and and elevenths. I feel like life is similar to those kinds of chords. Our life is very like, I think we have dissonance and harmony within the same moment in our lives. So it makes those chords make sense. Yeah. And so wait, you just mentioned a really magical word and you said the word harmonance. Yeah. Well, that relates to these types of these chord, these chord clusters that there's you know, pure harmony is, is great, but there's something, there's something that's got to be in there that's, that's, there's got to be some kind of tension as well or something that's pushing against that for me. Yeah, that's the dissonance. Sometimes I describe those sorts of chords in colors by adding a little color to, you know, a little blue or purple oh, to I, a certain color. It kind of totally just... totally agree, yeah. Yeah. And... I, like, I, I like the earth tones a lot, like mm-hmm. the, the umbers and the burnt siennas and the, yeah. uh, and similar in, in my work, you know, to put a little raw umber in, in gray is, just mm-hmm. warms it up, you know, yeah. and, a, and a chord can be the same thing. Yes, so much so. And then you add the resonance of the wood of a stringed instrument and how that plays a part in it, you know? Oh, yeah. And that's the resonance, really. So it's interesting because harmonance sounds so much like resonance, but it's dissonance. What do you think ants is? Do you think it's of the thing? Ants, A-N-C-E. I guess it's a suffix of the thing. What do you think ants is? I never thought to break it down like that. Yeah, it's funny because, I mean, harmonance, I mean, it comes from harmony and dissonance, which... When you first said that a couple of weeks ago when we were having a chat, I thought, oh, that is such a great word. After we had talked, actually, I was when I was thinking about it. I just loved how it does encapsulate that beautiful harmony. And yet that tiny, what I call a blue note, just added in there or a little purple note that just meh, gives you that tiny tweak. It adds the depth. Boom. It just suddenly things are 3D. Right. Like, um, um, there's one there. Yeah. Oh, see? Yeah. Yeah, I love that chord. Whatever that is, I love that. And isn't it interesting because, uh, like, I've worked with people who could just immediately name that right now, like, without even looking at your fingers, but I'm not that kind of a player. I'm more of a uh, texture, feel, and uh, colors, and vibe and so that's why i loved that term harmonance i thought that was brilliant um yeah well thank you well i mean who knows maybe someone has copyrighted that from like 20 years ago i have no idea <laughs> more like 120 years ago you like look at it it's like <laughs> years ago stravinsky stravinsky's yeah. word in the 1700s it was, it was it was the name of his pet weasel <laughs> come here harmonance <laughs> Come and play that complex chord for me. Yeah, the only weasel that could play discord. Exactly. Oh, my God. I love it. Discord is not like dat chord. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there we go with the puns. Oh, I love it. So... So Kevin, I've really, really enjoyed our chat and I'm, I'm really curious, how can we be in touch with what you're doing? All the multis of all the medias, you know, give us your business card. Like, where do we find you? Where do we find Isolation Boy, your current work? Well, there's this garage. Uh... <laughs> Knock on the back door. <laughs> where I sell steak knives and do uh, carburetor repair. No, uh, just kidding. Um, on the wild wild weird internet mm-hmm. instagram 
I'm Kevin House Studio, uh, The Isolation Boy, one word, on Instagram. And Bandcamp is uh, Kevin House One, the number one. Okay. You have some some albums or some tracks? What have you got on yeah, the Bandcamp? Yeah, I have, I have some older records on there as I'm preparing to put out some of these dozens of songs that I've been laboring over for a few years now. Excellent. Um, but yeah, there's a couple records on there. Uh, World of Beauty and Gutter Pastoral, those both were released in the days of CDs. Yes. Way back then. Okay. Um, <laughs> and they did okay. Like CBC was pretty good to me. Um, right on. Uh, NPR in the U.S. World of Beauty. Yeah, it had. Yeah, you know, well, you know, it had the critical acclaim, and I toured Europe. It was released in Europe, and but um, um, I wouldn't say I. You know, I wasn't competing with uh, Britney Spears or anything. <laughs> Sales-wise. Who, Who really is, you know? <laughs> Sale or outfit-wise, actually. Or outfit-wise, yeah. Your, shirt, your skirts were not short enough. I am sorry. I should have. I should have listened to the record company and started wearing those two-piece dance outfits. That was the beginning of Isolation Boy. Right then and there was the two-piece uh, dance outfits. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for being so generous with your time. And I'm really looking forward to checking out more Isolation Boy. Oh, and also, if you live in Vancouver, mm-hmm. uh, Isolation Boy is playing on a large outdoor video screen at Kingsway and Broadway. Uh, it's just on the side of the building, and it's uh, the Mount Pleasant Community Art Screen, okay. which was which is a, a grunt gallery project. So he's been up on that screen since March, and I, I feed them new images and uh, such. So if you're going by Kingsway... And Broadway, look up, uh, and Isolation Boy might be looking down at you. Fantastic. So do they have video, uh, some of the Isolation Boy videos as well as some of the stills? Yeah, all of the stuff that goes on to Instagram uh, appears there. I'm not sure what the schedule is, but um, I've randomly seen it a couple times when I've been in that neighborhood. Wow, that is really cool. It's neat that uh, Isolation Boy is peering down, eh? He is. He's kind of uh, peering out of the screen. He's everywhere. Looking at all the Christmas shoppers. <laughs> when you're making an album next, will you uh, will you be in touch and let me know? Oh yeah, of course. Yes, and and thank you for having me. Awesome, thank you for your time, Kevin. Okay, bye. Cheers. You have been listening to the Imperfectionists Monthly Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah D. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll chat again next month. All the music on this episode is by Kevin House. Please support him. Bye.